What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss Hello, baby. Hello. Hello, my love. <laughs> what the? F- Usually when you say you're ready, there's like there's like a song that plays and yeah, there's time. But I'm going to I'm going to add that in later okay, this time. Okay, cuz I was <laughs> I had a mouthful of wine. You just were choking there. Yeah. But Be I'm, careful with that wine on the new couch. Oh, am I not allowed to drink wine on the couch? You are most certainly allowed to drink wine on the new Whitish couch, yeah, but um, most certainly not allowed to spill it on oh, the couch. I'm not a spilly talker. Okay, <laughs> says the woman who's guzzling down the wine as we uh, sit down to record. Oh well, oh well. Nothing wrong with that. I'm drinking scotch over here in my work chair. <clears throat> you know what, baby? Pneumonia looks good on you. Fuck me, man. So I got pneumonia again. Yeah. Um, I haven't really like told the world publicly mostly because i just i as much as i really appreciated all the like positive and loving messages 
that people sent me when I got hospitalized last. Which was a month ago. Less than a month ago. I mean, like, I was in the hospital was, less than a month ago. I thought you went in on the 16th of November. And I got out on... Ah, uh, you got out less than a month ago. Yeah. That's right. So, less than a month, and I got it again. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's blows. <sighs> yeah. It does, because it's... I mean, here's the thing, is that <clears throat> it... It really takes a toll on my mental health, which in turn, you know, we're talking about the sex podcast here and relationships podcast, mm-hmm. in turn takes a toll on my relationships and my, my like, my self-worth, my self-confidence, um, because my body just feels like shit. I, you know, I'm on like so many fucking antibiotics that like my mind feels like shit. Yeah. Um. I'm like contained to, you know, a small space. Mm-hmm. Although I'm home now, like they're, they're I do, I don't have to be hospitalized. I can be right. home, but like I'm just hanging out in the living room, just binging TV because like I don't have the energy to do anything else. And uh, and I'm not like, yes, I have cystic fibrosis, and this is all part of it. But like I'm not really used to this kind of stuff because most of the time, like I'll go. I'll have like one bout a year where I kind of got to battle through something. So it's taking its toll. And uh, I'm just a little like, I'm kind of, I'm a bit fed up. Is there anything you can do to take care of your mental health while you are, because there's nothing you can really do about the side effects of the antibiotics. And there's nothing you can really do about the necessity of resting and healing and it's not prime time for you to be super physically active because like, again, you need the rest. But in terms of your mental health, have you ever thought about chatting with, I don't know, like when you get kind of blue, you don't, you don't talk about it too often. No. And so I wonder if there's any benefit there to, it could be with me, it could be with Becca or it could be with like, I don't know, like, you know, what, you have a not that I don't talk about it. It's not or, or not that I'm not willing to talk about it. I just don't I just don't like try to engage in talking about it unless like like necessarily need to. So how do you like we are doing right now? Support yeah, right. So this is support for your mental health to totally. talk about it. And like I'm a very social person, so like when when I'm when I'm surrounded by people, I feel better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, like me and the boys, like we were, I'm still working. I'm still trying to get like work done. Yeah. We recorded an episode the other day. You know, I felt up for it. It was early in the morning. I had the energy. We recorded an episode. You came out and helped me out with an event that very same day. Yeah. And like that recording in the morning gave me energy to like go do that. Um, you know, so like engaging with other people is really great. Um, but again, it's like. Can I pull that off? Is Do I have the energy to pull that off? One day I might. The next day I, I might not, you know? Like yesterday I couldn't fucking move. I yeah. was in so much discomfort and pain. Yeah. So I've been watching a lot of The Simpsons though. Disney Plus just came out. And so watching The Simpsons and watching this goofy dog. Yeah. Um, that helps. This I forgot how, fuck, how much I loved The Simpsons when I was growing up. Right, yeah. 
And there's like a million seasons, right? There's 30 seasons. What? But I'm going back to like the heyday. I'm going back to like like season five, six, seven, eight. Right. When I was really, when I was binging it like every day or right. every every week I would watch. The Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. So, I wasn't allowed. Yeah. I don't rec- I've heard so many people say that and I don't recall if I was or wasn't, but I definitely was watching it. Right. So like either watching it at a friend's house that was allowed or I, th- I think we were allowed. I think we're, Man, my I parents was on were, lockdown. My parents were really big on South Park. They were like, don't watch that. Oh, right. Oh, your mom, your sweet mom. Yeah. And now, so, okay, so again, trying to like keep this in in theme of the show. Because I do, because part of me, I get really self-conscious about just talking about like our shit on here. Um, especially in like these host episodes because I feel like there's a reason why people tune in and I don't think the reason is like to hear us Jeremy complain about fucking his health. Um, but on top of all of this, uh, basically yesterday, um, it came out that Becca, Becca has gotten a job in Yellowknife. So I knew you were leaving. You're leaving on, you're leaving like in two weeks Jesus, to be gone for like a long period of time, a few months. And Becca's new job that she's going to be taking up uh, ASAP, so like potentially within the next month, is is a year-long contract up north. So I'm super excited for her, um, but I'm also, again, like I just said, I thrive on like being around people and like the two people that I love the most are about to leave and I... It makes me a little bit, it makes me feel a little bit worried about like, uh, like I wonder what that's going to be like. Yeah. This will be the first time I haven't had like, I, I we haven't been, not that it fucking matters that much, but it will be the first time that you and I haven't been together for Christmas. Yeah. Since we've been together. Yeah. Um, maybe the first, maybe, you know, Becca and I might, Becca not, might not be here for Christmas. Who knows? Mm. Uh, my birthday. Yeah. You know, like these days that I, I, I really love and like, especially with family and so I don't know, there's a lot of that's like swirling around in my mind as well. And then it's like, all right, what do I do? What do I do for like my nights? You know, like I really enjoy sharing a bed with somebody else and like, you know, my love language, we talked about this before is like physical touch and, and words of affirmation. And it's like, if you both leave, there's, there's a, there's, there's a lot to this whole like polyamorous setup in relationship where it's like, Right now, I'm not in. I'm not looking for like a long term partner because I have that in you and Becca. I'm looking for like casual friendships, friends with benefits, kind of hangout sort of things. But also work. There's so much to do with work that like I barely have time to even focus on that. And now with you guys leaving, if I'm looking to like fill that void of like someone to be there to put their hand on my shoulder or or to like hold me at night or to say whisper sweet nothings into my ear. Um, I like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want that from somebody else. Yeah. 
but I'm probably going to be starving for it. And then there's the whole discussion like with, you know, with Becca, if that does arise, like how does that, so I'm, I'm just a whole ball of stress right now, I think with everything. Um, Do you think that it would be beneficial for you and Becca to, and you and I to write some things down in terms of like, not so much contract wise, but just like, yeah, I guess kind of that, like, you know, there, I can, from a distance, from a long distance, there's no physical Dutch, obviously. Yeah. But there can still be words of affirmation and totally. there can be qual there can still be quality time. Yeah. Even though we're not in the same space. And you and I both are we we know that. We like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean there's something to that, I think. Are you I think I I think I want I'm really weary now of like the the term contract. I know we've used yeah. that in like earlier on in this show. And we had a lot of people write us to be like, that sounds awesome. That sounds great. But um, it, that was great for us. Yeah. And we never really ran into issues with it. But it it, it wasn't really great for Becca and I. No. Like it, it proposed a lot of a lot of problems. Right. Because I think when you and I like um, cultivated that in our open relationship, we both had a very like loose sort of idea of what these terms were and and knew that these terms would like evolve and some might some might evolve to become more specific some might just fall off the map whereas like with becca and i um there was a lot of like getting caught up in the semantics and like and and it felt very rigid and and no space for like shifting things when they needed to be shifted and which led to a lot of confrontation Mm. Um, and that was a big lesson. That was a big lesson for me to be like, oh yeah, you know what? This is this this whole concept of like uh, an agreement or a contract when it comes to introducing other people into your life may not really necessarily be healthy. So, in you saying that about like this this upcoming winter season where. You know, we're all going to be apart. Um, I'm a little wary of it. Mm, interesting. There definitely needs to be discussion. Like we, like Beck and I haven't even talked about any of this. Yeah. You know, we've. She basically was like, "I got the job. Should I take it?" And I was like, "Yeah, you absolutely should take it." And she's like, "Okay, I'm really, you know, I'm really like nervous because it's a big deal for her. She's yeah. never really like been away, and and now she's like, okay, I'm I'm kind of over the the initial fear and I'm really I'm starting to get excited and I'm getting excited for her. I'm really trying to like push her forward and go yes do this like this is gonna be so good for you like I'm not trying to I don't want to say some of the stuff I'm saying to you to her right now because I don't want her to feel like I don't want any of what I'm feeling to like cloud her judgment because I I'm not worried I don't know I, I feel like I'm rambling now but you're not worried. You're not that worried. No, I'm not that worried. And I like I'm not that worried that this is going to take like a toll on our relationship. I'm just I'm just not looking forward to I'm lazy. I'm not looking forward to climbing a mountain. I know I can climb a mountain if I want to. 
I just I just don't want to put on the boots and like get all the gear on and fucking pack what I need and then go on the 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 fucking trek. <clears throat> but by saying the things that I feel, I don't want Becca to think that you know I don't even know how to climb a mountain. And you'll be lost. Uh, yeah, like I'm going to die on this mountain, you mm-hmm. know. That was a weird analogy, but <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting about the, what you say there about the contract because I have been working really hard in the last couple of weeks especially at communicating. I often go through my day with a plan in my head or at least some plans of how things, of things that need to happen and oftentimes they involve other people and I'll get to those moments in the day and I'll realize I haven't communicated that to the people they involve. And so... I do that all the fucking time. Yeah. So I'm really working on that because things can be really clear in my head, but then I get in so much conflict and my other relationship is around me not being clear and simple. it's, It's like when you answer those texts that come in in your head. Yeah. And then you forget to respond because you thought about the response already. And so you just start to think later in the day, like subconsciously you're like, oh yeah, I fucking got back to that person about that work thing yeah so in regards to the contract the reason that's relevant to me is because it I think it's really important to communicate your expectations and I think that that is and just yeah and to like make plans together that we agree on yeah this is like I could be I'm leaving for some months and how long are you going for like I've heard three months I've heard four months um like upwards of six months it wouldn't be six months okay yeah it would be less it'll be less than six months potentially five potentially five okay um jesus fuck you're gonna come back and this house is literally gonna be the walls will be down like the the thank you for acknowledging everywhere that i keep this house standing hey man um hey Look at that fucking pile of boxes. You did a number on the recycling. I'm not going to lie. Also, I just vacuumed this room. I noticed. And I noticed. just vacuumed that couch. I noticed a severe absence, a noticeable absence of dog hair. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but that's like, I feel like I could leave and I could be like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to have a phone call with Jeremy every week. We're going to talk every week. We're going to talk. But if I don't communicate that to you, then one, I'm the only one responsible for upholding that. And right. if you don't feel like that's if you don't feel like that's enough or if you feel like that's too much or that's it's too stressful to make a plan, like, like let's let's just see how it goes. Or if in my head I'm creating a story and thinking maybe Brady wants space for me and doesn't want to talk right. for a couple months. Exactly. <laughs> you know? That is not how I feel. Oh, I know. But it's good that we're having this conversation. And yeah, maybe it doesn't have to be in a formal contract where we sit down and I say, we will speak on the phone for an hour every week and we will have video chats no less than once every two weeks yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But just to like map out what would be ideal and then obviously it's flexible and flu- fluid and yeah. all that kind of stuff, but it's just helpful, you know, like... Yeah, I've known I was going away for a while. Um, 
we haven't really talked too much about it. The last time I left for a number of months with a partner, I was like, so... Right, yeah, you did kind of spring it on me. Yeah, no, but it was like many months in advance and you were you were like, I don't think I'm cool with that. And then like maybe a <laughs> month or so later, you were like, well, you're going to do whatever you want, so... See, you're really smart because you know that I bend over time. So you're like, hmm, we've got three months. If I say it now, probably about two and a half months, he'll be good. You know why? Well, I don't know if this is why, but it's funny that you say that because earlier in this conversation, I was thinking about my stepmom because of the Simpsons thing. And uh, she's like that too. She would always be a no to everything first. All the time. And I'm not then, always a no to no, no, everything. No, 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 I know that. But I think one of the coping me- mechanisms I learned as a child was to like, was like, okay, put it out there and then plant, see what happens. Yeah, plant the seed. Plant the seed. Yeah. yeah. Um, Inception is a, uh, is a interesting thing. Yeah. Well, I, but I, I, it's funny, you know, sometimes in the heat of arguments, I get accused of, not by you, but I by other people of being manipulative. Okay. And yeah. I'm like, is that manipulative? If I just, if I know that sometimes a seed needs to be planted and then over time feelings will change. You're not, you're not alone that's in that. Ma- that's not manipulation. Uh, it, it, manipulation would be like, you know, like s- subliminal messaging. <laughs> Through your Simpsons episodes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like... Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. The other thing the other thing I am like I am a little bit um that's like definitely crossed my mind a couple times is is getting remarried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um no, is can you imagine like you you guys left and then you all you came back and yeah, and they're, like wife. I just adopted three kids. <laughs> I was going to say dogs, but okay, children. Um right? No, is like, you know, when I when I get hospitalized, mm-hmm. oftentimes I've been hospitalized more this year than I have in any year past mm-hmm. in a long time, and oftentimes when I do get hospitalized, it's for a, a minimum of two weeks, and those two weeks are like, I think of those two weeks as as near impossible if it weren't for the support system, which is like, yes, my parents have like, I have a really great support system with my parents, but you do, but with, without you and or Becca, it seems impossible. And so it's like, if you're both gone and then for whatever very unfortunate reason, I have to get hospitalized again, say in like February. Oh man, I'm going to be so pissed. (laughs) You know, like I'm just going to be so annoyed that yeah 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 i I, I think about that i've been thinking about that a lot too um i think that uh one of the things that i i think in response to that thought is maybe i think about you spending more time with your nephews and more time with your sister and like more time i know your parents would your parents are just always there when we're at the hospital yeah. Um 
no matter how cranky you are, they show up and, um, and they really give a lot when you're in the hospital. They do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I think of like, if you're not look, if you're not going to be investing in another long-term relationship necessarily, who knows things happen, but would, do you think you'd be reinvesting that energy that would usually go to Becca or I into nurturing other relationships? Uh, no, if I'm going to be honest, it would be, it would, it, all that energy would go straight into my You're going to work. work more. Yeah. yeah. I would just, it would just like, it would look much more similar to like when sick boy was just yeah. starting, like where I was borderline like workaholic. Yeah. Like kind of problematic. Yeah. But not really problematic because it turned out to be really great. So like I would likely focus my energy on work. Which I don't think is a bad thing, necessarily. How about also meditation? Totally. That uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Because you could do that. You don't have to get out of your bed if you're feeling lazy or true. go to a yoga class or anything like that. Like... Yeah. Well, I had to work on that. I had to, I had to kind of incorporate that this time due to my anxiety attacks that I was having. Right. And with the work that I did with the, uh, with my psychologist, Dr. Can I say my, I, why, I couldn't, yeah, I can yeah. say his name, Sule, Sule, Dr. Sule. He's oh, awesome. Oh, you had the psychologist in the hospital this time. Yeah. That's right. But he's also my, like if I ever, if I ever need to talk to a psychologist, he's, he's my guy. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And you like him. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. I think I need a psychologist. Oh man. I, can you see the same psychologist as me? I can. Or is that weird? That, no, that's, it's, that's, it's fine. I mean, we've done that with like couples therapy. Yeah, yeah. You should you should talk to Sule. Sule? Yeah, he is honestly like one of the... Um, He's... He is... He's borderline too friendly. But it's not... It It's not... Um, it doesn't come off as... As like false or turned on. He just really truly is far too friendly. And it's very nice. That's really nice. Yeah. It's really nice to have someone who listens to you in a non-judgmental way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's really great. Um, but he yeah, he was helping me through some like... Um, I, for the first time ever, I've, I was having like anxiety attacks in the hospital. So he was helping me through that. Through meditation work, breathing work. And so I was kind of like incorporating that into my bed rest time, which was nice. That's good. Um, but I'm, I am likely probably going to have to go talk to him. Like once you and Becca leave, probably about that more relationship type stuff. Set, set some appointments up and just make it yeah. a part of something that you do. Yeah, for sure. That's called like taking care of the future you. Yeah. And I think that would be really, I would be, it would p- give me a lot of peace of mind to know that you were doing that. Yeah. For sure. And he's like, he's aware of our situation. And, oh, great. Um, so yeah, he'd be really great for that. That's fantastic. I when you talk about him, I picture the very first psychologist I ever spoke to, and I and I say psychologist loosely because I don't actually know if this guy was a psychologist. Was that the guy I saw once? No, but he Remember was that guy? legit my first psychologist. That guy was a wizard. Yeah, he literally a wizard. He changed my life. He was straight out of Hogwarts. Well. He wasn't. Like, oh yeah, in what man. Way. Yeah, wispy white hair, old as fuck. Like, way older than 
I no, think we're not talking possible. at all about the same person. And he Who had are this, you like, talking about? He had like his his in Toronto. Kirk. And he had this. Yeah. He was not an old wizard. Man, I am. Picturing- he was like yeah. He was like our age. Get the fuck out! I was. I'm picturing him as like. A ninety-year-old. I'm picturing him as like a no. Peter Wilde, ninety years no, old. No, you're picturing Peter Wilde. Like white ass hair. His no. his office white was like ass hair. How well did you <laughs> get to know him? Okay, um, All right. listen. No, he, Kirk was uh, Kirk is is not that old. He's definitely not even close to ninety even now. He's young, but I'm picturing um, memory is a fucking weird thing, man. In grade six, I went through a bullying phase, which was really weird. Maybe that happened. Like you were bullying? I was bullying. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think everyone... Ele- I was 11. Not everyone, but I think a lot of people... 11, I, I 12. Did the, I went through that in junior high. And then yeah. in my first year of high school, I was like, whoa, I'm I'm an asshole. I, I, I can't be an asshole for the rest yeah. of my life. Um, and I got called into the, the office of the guidance counselor, Mr. Carlisle, and... I didn't know what I was going to talk to him about. He just came and like got me from class and we sat down and he talked to me about all kinds of things. And I just remember being like, man, I don't think I've ever been listened to like this before. And it was so, Mm. we didn't talk about what had happened. He kind of was just asking me how I was doing and how my life was going and like checking in. Do you think that's what you just needed at the time? Like I someone to hear you? Maybe. Maybe an adult. Maybe I needed to hear an adult hear me because I'll tell you what happened the next year as um, I was still getting into a lot of trouble and uh, my parents, this, this is going to sound bad, but my my stepmom and my dad decided that it was time to ask me if I wanted to go live somewhere else. And when I say live somewhere else, I mean with my mom. Um so in I another in a in another continent. continent yeah and i think i think they suspected that i i was acting out in like really weird ways i i had you know i had didn't have my mom i was split from my mom when i was like three three and a half four and so despite having like a few some family moments with her like between that age and then like my 11 12 13 year old like bullying and getting into trouble phase I um I I didn't feel ever really feel encouraged to have much of a relationship with her and so I felt really um stressed about that and I remember like must have been grade seven I called her on Canadian um Mother's Day not realizing like the time difference so all is is Mother's Day different in yeah yeah um and uh, in England it was different but uh, so I ended up calling her at like one in the morning to say happy mother's day and then the phone bill came and my mom's number was on there and my stepmom was like hey did you call your mom and I was like nope thinking I was gonna get in trouble and then my dad took me aside and was like now she's gonna think that I'm calling your mom like you have to tell the truth oh, like you God. have to own your shit and so after a few things like that and like just straight up lying to my parents, which my dad always hated. Um, they were like, hey, want to go live in England for a year? And I was like, yep, let's do it. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's an age thing. I don't know. Turn me on. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What are you on over there, you're distracted i'm not i'm not distracted i was just i'm going through our list of uh brain boners i was trying to i was trying to cue something up while you were telling i look i can you can double i can double task you can double task okay i'm a good double tasker i'm very observant um i'm all of these things um i maybe this is why you're doing that maybe it's a good time to let the listeners know that um we're coming to LA. I know that Jeremy mentioned it in our last episode, but we, uh, oh, yeah. as a part of our time apart, we're scheduling time together. And uh, that means that we'll be meeting up in California, in Los Angeles on uh, January 16th. And Jeremy will be there until the 21st. And we'll be uh, hopefully collecting a lots of episodes. So if you're in LA or you know someone in LA who would be uh, great for us to chat with, you should uh, send that information our way because we're coming to visit. Mm-hmm. And we need to prep a bunch of episodes before I disappear we do. into Mexico yeah. for a month. And uh, I'm really excited uh, because it's nice to get out of Nova Scotia at that time of year. I like being in L.A. with you. Uh, yeah, me too. I love being in L.A. with you. Um, L.A. Is, can be a lot of fun. Um, and and we've got some friends down there, yeah. which will be nice to see them. Um, but also, it's not. It's it's like I know it's not. I know if there's any LA Tonians listening right now, that they're gonna not agree with this. But it's it's nice and warm down there in, in February in, or January. In January, yeah. compared to here, um, so that'll be nice. Um, do you want me to hit this brain boner? Let's hit it. This one's pretty heavy. I feel like this is a heavy episode. So let's just keep it. We're gonna go it. heavy, hey? We're gonna go. Any up. trigger warnings needed to be mentioned, or? Uh, if you listen to Sick Boy, then then you don't need any trigger warnings if you listen to turn me on trigger warning for illness i don't know okay I, every uh, don't get me started okay trigger warnings. <laughs> i think there are some things that trigger warnings are very worth worth doing but then i think there's a lot of things that like strobe lighting if you have uh, epilepsy <laughs> yeah or like really intense descriptions description of, of, of anything. like yeah of, yeah of like you know sexual assault that makes sense um. Anyway, okay. Well, I'm, I feel like I'm going to get some hate for that. Well, um, no, not at all. I think you just now, but we're not going that heavy, right? We're, we're not going, going there. No, no. This is uh, this is a little bit different. Uh, hey, Brady and Jeremy. First of all, thank you so much for the show. I really appreciate having it in my life. I found out about it some time ago on a list of podcasts about Polly, and by far, Turn Me On is my favorite. Well, thank you very much. The reason I'm emailing is I was hoping. I could get some insight or guidance. You often mention that you were, you, 
Oh, God, sorry, everybody. Here we go. I feel like my CF is pr- promoted or is. It's affecting I'm having a stroke. Side? I'm having a stroke. <laughs> Call 911. Okay, the reason I'm emailing is I was really hoping I could get some insight or guidance. You often mention that where you are now is a huge shift from years ago. Jeremy mentions that things that are okay now, relationship wise, would have been a hell no just a few short years ago. Is there a specific episode where you deep dive into how you've changed? Was there was it little ideas here and there that just snowballed into a big shift? I'm going through some shit in my life. Married nine years. I brought up Polly in February. It went horrible. I had done a bunch of research before I brought it up because I wanted to be sure it wasn't just some idea of the day. And nothing I could say was going to convince my wife it wasn't just having my cake and eating it too. I dropped it after I brought it up the first time because I thought I would rather let her think about it on her own. In the meantime, I wrote a letter to her trying to explain and give an idea as to how I thought our lives would look in if we were Polly. I tried to explain that I wished I could treat another woman the way I treat her, being supportive, caring, not putting one above the other. In May this year, I was diagnosed with chronic lympho- lymph- uh, lymphocytic leukemia. At the time, my wife was heavily mentally invested in online school. I held on to my letter until I got the diagnosis and decided, well, a cancer diagnosis is pretty shitty. If I'm going to die, I want this letter off my chest. It went fucking terrible. I ended up enraging an emotional... I ended up engaging in an emotional affair with the only other person I've loved in my life, ruined that friendship, ruined my marriage, cancer alarms, cancer alarms going off in my head, wife has PTSD... We went to couples counseling twice, and I didn't feel heard by the psychologist. My wife is going to continue seeing her to deal with the emotional trauma and PTSD. I found another couples counselor that we are going to see if it's a good fit. All I want is to give and receive more love. Now I feel like I don't have any. I don't know. Can we be pen pals? I'm feeling pretty alone. Um, Boo. That's a lot. My first thought, I mean, there's a lot, but my first thought is good. Good for you for looking, keeping, looking for someone that's a good fit in terms of counseling. For sure. And not committing to someone who doesn't make you feel heard. It's great if it's, it's totally great for you guys both to be seeing different therapists and maybe seeing one of them together. Yeah. And also super common. Like that is an issue. We've heard that a thousand times on Sick Boy. Like finding a a therapist that you feel works with you more often than not is, is like, you know, it's like being in a relationship with somebody. Yeah. It's like like dating. You really like, it's not like it's so rare that you go on a first date with someone for the very first time when you've been newly single and boom, all of a sudden you're in love. Yeah. Uh, You got to, Sometimes you got to sift through a lot of garbage or sift yeah. through a lot of stuff that just doesn't com- is not compatible. I, f- I feel like uh, the therapist we just mentioned the, um, that we were talking to 
together or we didn't talk to Kirk together, the one you think looked like a wizard and the one I'm sure was quite a bit younger than that. Um, he did this thing as an intake where he would, he was like, just send me an email, write me, write, tell me about yourself. And I'm sure he gets a huge scale of like lengths of description about people or you know how much depth people go into but I think it can be probably very telling what you choose to write so I I think even just because you've expressed yourself so um thoughtfully and you took your time to really write it all out in that email even though I I couldn't read it like you were thinking thoughtfully um you might really benefit from imagining that you're writing to your therapist telling them everything you think they should know before you go in so that you when you show up you you kind of feel like um even if you don't get to share it with them that you kind of feel like you have an idea might you might get some clarity about like what you really want to talk about because there's a lot there's a lot in there there's a lot there's a lot of layers here yeah um I think uh, I don't. I Jeremy would know. You would know more about this than I do. But I think I, like recently being diagnosed with something is uh, it's like a world changer. It's a complete perspective changer, and I think it makes sense that your world is upside down right now. I yeah, think for sure. That's totally normal, and like. You should exercise extreme compassion for yourself and also all the people who are close to you, who know you, because they're now probably dealing with a a person that they've, a side of you that no one's ever really known before. Because you, like, I think shock is a really fascinating, interesting thing. And I would imagine that getting a, a diagnosis that, that, that sounds that heavy is quite shocking. It's going to throw everything you know into a tailspin. Mm-hmm. Um, getting support like outside of that, your relationship is so smart. Yeah. Do You mean... A therapist. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and then... You weren't, resp- you weren't referring to the The emotional, emotional fair. No, and I mean, that sucks. It does seem like it's probably more of a byproduct of... of everything all the stress and tension that's kind of come up it it seems like i don't know the details but i think those things those emotional affairs can be a grasping for a feeling that you're longing for that you don't have right now and it it gives you it's in it can you know esther perel talks about affairs like often invigorate a person they make them feel alive again and that's why they describe having wanted them is because they make they feel alive when it's happening and so it makes sense that that you would swing that way i feel like the polyamory stuff (laughs) that happened before your diagnosis is like there's two different stories there's two different worlds that are happening there there's like the polyamory stuff and trying to figure out if that's a better relationship model for you and then there's life after having a diagnosis and being like yeah yeah i mean not to not to throw a wrench in what you just said because i totally agree with everything um but i i maybe this isn't the right time to say this but fuck it it's our podcast i can say what i want um and take this if you're listening to this key take this with a grain of salt um 
but I've been thinking a lot about, personally, I've been thinking a lot about how before I get really sick, like before I get really, really sick, I call it long before, like, like a couple of weeks before it happens. And it's every single time like clockwork. There's something in me that if I went into the hospital and said, I think I'm getting sick and they tested me, they'd be like, you look fine. Two weeks later, I am all fucked up. And Brian and Taylor know this because they're around me when it happens. Um, it's happened numerous times with them around where I've voiced it to them. And then, of course, it happens. Now, Brian's like, you're willing that into your life. Oh and I'm God. going, well, no, I, I disagree with that. And I think he's joking to right. a degree. Yeah. Um, but there was something that somebody sent me um, on Instagram or something to, to Sick Boy's Instagram. And they were like, yo, what you're talking about, Jeremy, there's a there's an actual name for that, like a medical term. Intuition? Um, no, it's I mean, it's a little more it's a little more intense than intuition, but it's it's basically the same idea. It's this form of of intuition. Um, uh, let's see if I can find it here. I can't really find it. Whatever. Um, I'm so curious. Uh, there's a name for it, but basically it's like this, it's like the mind body connection and, and it's very similar to like uh, an aura that someone with epilepsy might have. Right. You know, I think that's like the kind of idea, like yeah. an aura would be a version of this thing. Like an aura would be, um, if I'm about to get a migraine, I, before like probably 15, 20 minutes before I get a migraine, I, my vision starts to look like when you come into a building after being out in like blinding white snow and you walk in and there's just like, like pulsing sort of like black dots, like all over your vision or like, you know, which you stand up too fast. It's like that. That's the aura. That's, that's a visual aura. Yeah. That's exactly, that's exactly the thing that I'm talking about. So that, but like, um, manifesting in other ways. Okay. Um, and like, you know, further out. Yeah. And when I read this email, I was like, man, I wonder, there's nothing to base this off of. It just made me think. I wonder if like this urge to become polyamorous or this shift in thought in polyamory or wanting to find love elsewhere was like a version of this, this aura of like his cancer. Right. You know, of going, of like having this connection so deep in his body through his mind that like subconsciously he he started to look for support and love elsewhere to pile on top of the love he already has to like prep himself for the the trauma that's to come now again i i fully acknowledge that this like is not helpful in any way and is totally like an out there thought but I, i i just wanted to share that like it just, that's one thing that my mind just started to kind of wonder and think about. Um, but, but something a little more constructive and a little more, I think, valuable uh, would be, I, I think there's probably some value to taking a moment, some like self-reflection time, like alone in a, in a quiet room or like in a float tank or something to think about what life would be like if you had not brought up this thing about polyamory and that wasn't even like a thing 
and you you were just living through your life right now without that, but with this cancer diagnosis and what that would look like between you and your wife and people that you surround yourself with? Like, what would that be like if the polyamory thing was not in the equation? And then also to take some time to think about what would the polyamory thing look like if cancer was also not a part of the equation? So you never actually got cancer and you just asked about the polyamory. How would things maybe have played out? Or how would you play things out? Or how would you be reacting now? Um, and the reason I say that is because the cancer diagnosis is a big part in driving you forward to make the decision to like put it all out on the line. Uh, and there's obviously a very like large and heavy fallout from that decision. So what would be the, what would be the scenarios if life had turned out a little bit differently and just like play it out through your mind and, and maybe through that like visualization, that, that exploration of an alternate universe, you might answer some questions that you have yourself on how to move forward from here. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if this is helpful either, but just, it just seems on topic because Kirk, that, non-wizard uh from toronto that i saw and jeremy saw separately um he he would say okay what's the worst thing that could happen Mm -hmm. and i would go and i'd say it and he'd go okay and then what Mm -hmm. and i would answer it and he'd go okay and then what and it would like play out until the inevitable answer was like the world ends. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't have that much impact on the planet. I mean, maybe I do, but I definitely would arrive at this conclusion of like, I can manage all of these things because they're not all happening at once. It's only one thing. It's, it's, it's only right now. In, the, in this decision that I have to take care of right now. And I just felt like I should say that. I don't know, just impulse, intuition maybe. I don't know if that'll resonate with the person who's listening or anybody who's listening, but um, something that is still sticking with me about that email and is that you you have a lot of love to give and you want to give it. Yeah. And that resonates with me so strongly. Um, It's, there's that, there's knowing how you can give love without it crossing the boundaries of what your partner is comfortable with. Like, yeah, I can, I could offer such unconditional love and support to, to, to probably like most people I could dedicate myself to giving them love and support because I'm a giving person. Um, but you know, maybe that looks like polyamory or maybe it looks like really 
investing in your friendships or your other close personal friends with the boundaries that those relationships have. Like there's ways to be giving a lot of love to a lot of people that might 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 help in getting out of your own suffering and out of your own mind during this time and um and might actually be closer to describing what you're longing for than polyamory because I think I think polyamory is like the door you walk through where you say, oh, this is, I'm, I think this is what I'm looking for. And you go through that door and it's a scary door to walk through. But then you go, oh, on the other side of the door, it looks like so many different things. And all I really wanted was to not be confined by the traditional definition of like a marriage or like we go through life and we partner up and we find our penguin and we like figure out like we've got the person we're going to grow old with so then we have the kids and then we have the house and whatever and it's like whatever feelings happen after that that nobody talks about which is like probably in most cases a lot of doubt a lot of like uh, second guessing we see it all the time there's divorcing you know we're looking for the next best thing or we're thinking oh is this all that there is it's not what I thought it was supposed to be is like sometimes I think just acknowledging that maybe you're polyamorous is like you walking to that door of like maybe this like cut out template of what life and relationships are supposed to be like what if that what if I didn't have to subscribe to that what would my friendships look like what would my family relationships look like what how would I be able to get intimately close to someone where we're like truly connecting but we don't necessarily have to have sex or like be lovers it's just like what if I was a little more free to give love in the ways that I want to without it being like no you only do that thing with your wife or husband or partner you know like just those lines those boxes a little more blurry the way that we is acceptable you act this way in a friendship and this way in a Mm. romantic relationship what if you know we we look back far enough in history to when we like we lived more in community Mm -hmm. and our confidence our most trusted friends were not also our our partners or our or our lovers Hmm. or they didn't have to check every box it's so weird that we're listed in the comedy section on apple podcasts i know sorry sorry (laughs) folks for not like it's i mean it isn't it isn't really the best fit well what we are nobody knows what to do with sex and relationship nobody knows where to put it it's not self-help go lay down get that drooly face. face over on this bed bigby lay down lay your drooly face down sometimes we're funny sometimes yeah, I mean our live shows are fucking they're a riot. They're a riot. Um well, I hope that I hope that helps Guy. Um and uh yeah, I mean it's heavy. It was a heavy episode today. Well, How about uh, let's let's cap it off with a just the tips okay. to like lighten the lighten the load. Okay. I got one. You got one? Great. Yeah. All right. Oral hygiene. Oh, hey. Let me tell you something. Are you j- vibing Way on back that or what? In my heyday, back in my youthful days of 
endless, boundless energy, I developed a habit that I have continued to this day. Okay. It's one of the, the, the few times in my life that I've committed to something for at least 28 days in a row and made it, I cannot not do it. It upsets me to not floss my teeth. Yeah. Okay. So now I floss my teeth once a day okay. at the end of the day, maybe more often if I if I need to. Right. Um, the older I get, the bigger the spaces get between my teeth, you know, like whatever, you got to floss. Um, but it will change your fucking day. Yeah. If you can get to the point where it's like, it doesn't hurt to floss your teeth, like you do it 28 days in a row and then your teeth, your gums stop fucking bleeding when you do it. Right. And you get the right kind of floss that is perfect for you because there's lots of different flosses out there and they're all, they all have, they're all great. And then, and then you're in the, your day and you're like, oh, I just feel like a pile of shit today. You fucking floss and brush your teeth. Maybe even scrape the guck off your tongue. Oh my God, your day is going to change. You know how I know what you're saying isn't bullshit? Because when I'm, when I'm on any psychedelic and I brush my teeth, like on the peak of my high, it is, it's a, it's a full body, um, it's a full body car wash with wax. Think about it. You, you're swallowing like Next level. many times a minute. If you're yeah. drinking anything, it's clouded by whatever garbage is sticking yeah. to the sides of your mouth. You know what's funny though is you just said that. You just gave the best pitch for flossing ever. And let's say, let's say like, let's say right now there's like 7,000 people listening to this. Yeah. Ooh, not one of them. <laughs> Oh gonna, my God. Okay. You know what's on, coming up think, next week, think. guys? You know what's coming up next week? People, we are going to have a little workshop in flossing. So <laughs> okay, let okay. me tell you something. Next Wednesday, when you turn on an episode of Turn Me On, okay. on the next episode, prepare. Have your fucking go to the pharmacy, buy your floss, get your toothbrush, get your favorite toothpaste. I don't care what it is. It can have fluoride in it. It can be crest. It can be This is literally going to turn into the worst ASMR podcast Babies, available. we are going to have an orgasmic oral hygiene Awful. session. Uh, all right. Okay, your turn. Um, I was going to, I was just going to fuck with you and, and say like um, some sort of candy. Eating garbage? Some, yeah, some sort of candy <laughs> that I... Actually, those sour jujubes you bought for your event. Do you like those? I've been crushing those. Those are good. Uh, no, but mine uh, mine is... Um, uh, actually, you know what? So I, I, I'm, I really like scotch a lot. And I just bought a bottle of the first scotch I ever bought to like get me into scotch. And so so I'll lay it out this way. Um, I, I know, I fully understand that drinking scotch, the proper way to drink scotch, which is neat with maybe a drop or two, and I mean drop, literally like teardrop of water, is not the most appealing to a lot of people's mouths. Does it have to be your own tear? No, no, just, just <laughs> distilled water. And, um, and, I, and I realize that. But, but also, I don't think people, the people who don't know this, I don't think can really appreciate how scotch has such a varied palate when it comes, I don't know if that's the right word, but such a very like um, 
there's such a catalog in taste, very much like wine. I'm not a big wine drinker, but I understand and I appreciate that like fine wines can vary very differently in terms of the way they feel in the mouth and the way they taste and the way they sit in the glass and all that kind of stuff. Scotch is the exact same thing, but even more stark in terms of the difference in which things taste. And so I, to get into scotch, I took the advice of two of my best friends, Ryan Oxner and Mark Frank, and they were in Korea teaching and they were like, dude, we just bought a bottle of scotch. We sat down, we binged the entire season of Mad Men and we just drank scotch until we liked it. And I was like, man, I want to be, you know, I was like, I want to be. I want to be manly. I want to be man. I want to be a. I want to be Don Draper. I want to drink <laughs> oh, scotch. Man, I don't oh, actually man. want to be Don Draper. He's a piece of shit. He is a piece of shit, but um, sometimes he's so fucking good. I know, I know. So that's what I wanted to be. So I was like, I got to do this too. So I, I went out and I bought what I refer to as dessert scotch. I bought a scotch that is not peaty, not smoky, um, that has a lot of like caramel tones to it, and the scotch is called Ockentoshin Three Wood. Ockentoshin is the brand. Three Wood is the blend or is the, um, you know, the flavor. Uh, and I did just that. Drank the scotch, finished the bottle, binged a bunch of Mad Men. And by the end of it, I was like, wow, I really appreciate this taste. It doesn't taste like gasoline anymore. I actually get the taste. It doesn't like shock me when it goes in my mouth and like kind of burn that whole thing. And now I love scotch and I drink scotch a lot. I haven't had Ockentoshin Three Wood in so long. And I've been sitting here, and I know I'm on antibiotics, but listen, I do my research. I know which drugs you're allowed to drink on, which drugs you're not allowed to drink on. Probably isn't great for my liver, but who's fucking kidding? My liver's not going to last that long anyway with CF and everything. So I asked Becca to pick me up a bottle of Ockentoshin 3-Wood because I was kind of having like a, a pregnancy craving for it. Very specific and very immediate. I needed it in my face. And so she went out, she bought a bottle, brought it home. I put it in my craft, my my crystal scotch. Where did that come from? Becca bought it for me. Okay. Isn't it sweet? Yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, and I've been having a glass a night, one glass a night, and it it totally reinvigorated my appreciation for that one particular scotch. It's not a super high-end scotch. It's not, I mean, it's not cheap, but it's also not stupidly expensive. How it's, much it's is it? Under $100. Under $100. Yeah, it's we'll like an $80 see. bottle of scotch. And uh, so what I'm saying here is if there's anybody out there who's ever like had the urge or the desire to just open up their mind and open up their drinking portfolio to include scotch, Ockentoshin 3-Wood, go out, grab a bottle, sip it over an episode of your favorite uh, show that takes place in a time period where, in the 60s. where drinking at work was culturally appropriate. Honestly, watch a fucking full season of Mad Men. If you haven't watched it, I've, I've watched the entire series. It's good shit. A couple of times. It's so good. Yeah. The character development is amazing. And that is just the tips again if you have a just the tips theme song <laughs> uh feel free to send it our way uh let's close it out this week but um but big b buddy it's okay it just, just fell over yeah it just just cardboard that fell that's all <laughs> um uh speaking of music we're gonna play out to a different song this week okay uh, a band slipped into our dms a band from la called vaudeville revival Oh, I love vaudeville. Is it actual vaudeville? Nope. Uh, they are a an alt rock band from okay. L.A., a little indie band. 
And they uh, they asked if we would be up for playing one of their songs on our show. We'd love to. And so I listened to one of them. I was I was a fan. I thought it was kind of fun. The song is titled Rubber Love, and it is a love song from the perspective of a dildo. Uh, so this is coming at you uh, uh, from the band Vaudeville Revival. They are available on Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, etc. And uh, their website... I don't fucking know. Just just Google Vaudeville Revival. I'm sure you can find Vaudeville, it. Vaudeville, V-A-U-D-V-I-L-L-E. Yeah. Um, so we're going to play the episode out to Vaudeville Revival's, um, what did I just say? Rubber Love? Yeah. Fuck, I lost it. Uh, rubber Love. Yeah, that's it. Rubber <laughs> Love. Um, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. And thanks, Rubber Vaudeville. And hey, Rubber Vaudeville. Again, we're looking for a Just we'll the see Tips. A, we'll see you in LA. Intro song. Yeah, we'll see you in LA. Yeah. Um, thank you everybody for tuning in this week. I know it was a heavy episode, a little bit different than usual, but, uh, this is, thank you to our Patreon subscribers as well. And those of you who want to support, um, especially as we come up to these long distance months of be so appreciated. Mm -hmm. You can find us at patreon.com slash turn me on and, uh, send us an email, please turn me on podcast at gmail.com. If you want to be a guest on the show or if you have a, I don't know, a thought, a feeling that you want to share. We'd love to hear from you. Um, try to respond to as many emails as we can. Actually, yeah. we, got a, we got a comment from someone that uh, called me out for using the term ladies and gentlemen a yeah, lot. Yeah, you do a lot. Which I, I don't even actually notice. When I read that email, I was like, I don't, I don't fucking say that. say that, do I? That sounds so so dated. Yeah. Uh, but then I thought about it and I was like, oh no, I do say that a lot. So, and I know, I know that that's very, um, you also say, sometimes you say, I just met a love, like the, the, the triple header is lovely young woman. You, you, there's three, you, you use is that phrase. Is there something wrong with that though? Usually they are lovely. They're oftentimes young <laughs> yeah. and they are most certainly women. Okay. Right on. Um, okay. but I'll yeah, leave it. I won't right. touch it. Uh, uh, so I just wanted to say that I acknowledge that email that came in. I know that that is not very, that's not the most inclusive, languaging and i know that i i'm very aware that not everyone is a lady or a gentleman um so so i'm gonna try to cut that out of my vocabulary and be more mindful of that because i don't even notice it honestly yeah um also did you know that uh this is even worth bringing up right now most people have tuned out already because we already we already started asking them to support on patreon this is the 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 og listeners people that really (laughs) fucking matter uh did you know that newfie is like not okay to say. Not okay to say. I know. I said it to a a noof that I know, and he was not pleased. It's very interesting. It's very. But like then divisive. I asked you, your parents, and they were oh, like, yeah, they don't no, give "It's a fine." Fuck. Yes, man, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's uh, it's re- it's super interesting. I'm I am a Newfoundlander. You can fully call me Newfie. I'm totally okay with it. Um, but we we had a speaking gig in St. John's, and the, and very specifically, like in our contract, they were like, "Do not refer to Newfie." Did the word Newfie? And they were like, you, and you must also say Newfoundland and Labrador, which uh, totally makes sense because Labrador, okay, okay, just, okay. Like, people forget about Labrador. <laughs> um, but Newfie, and I was like, what? That's so interesting. And I looked it up and there were like websites talking about the, the, the cultural like um, uh, significance as to why Newfie is not okay. And they compared it to the N word. Oh. And I was like, whoa, whoa, come <laughs> on. That's a little extreme. Uh, but apparently, apparently it all stems from like during World War One or something like that. There were like British soldiers that, that, that were using the N word and referring to Newfoundlanders as they're, oh. they're, these fucking Newfies are just as bad as oh. these lazy N words. Wow. And so 
Newfie was like basically used as like a, a a word to like yeah call you know basically someone's someone's stupid or lazy or whatever yeah um so there's a generation that's very like touchy with the word newfie yeah but in the same yet in the same article there was like you know there but there's a, a revival of the word with the younger generation trying yeah. to take back the power of the word and i'm like wow this is all so fascinating that that this is a part of newfoundland culture yeah this this word that like if you ask my dad my dad would be like the fuck are you talking about right <laughs> like he would be like i've never heard of that in my life yeah i have no idea what you're talking about yeah my grandfather would probably say the same thing but so I, I, you know, anyway, uh, we love all of you Newfoundland and Labradorians. <laughs> yeah. and, we uh, sure do. And if you call me a Newfie, I won't be offended, but... I won't call you one. Maybe don't say the word to a Newfoundlander unless they give you the permission. Yeah. Ask for consent. Always consent. All right, folks. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. Uh, until next week. Go fuck yourself. Tonight
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.